0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Hey there everyone, this is Danny Myers from Cosmic Crash and you're listening to the Lena Jones
0: Morning Sparkle.
2: Good morning, how's everybody doing this morning? Hope everyone it's up and alert, had your morning coffee, ready to start your day. Um, I'll be ready to start mine after the show. I might just go back to bed. I never know. Sometimes I stay up so late, um, getting stuff done. But when you have a passion to do things, that's what you do. You put your all into it. So that's what I do. Welcome to the LJ Morning Sparkle. I'm your host, Lena Jones, and I'm here for the next 60 minutes to entertain you. My form of entertainment this morning is through the Bible, I read some biblical <laughs> scriptures and I talk about them. Um, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a deaconess. I'm not a first lady. <laughs> I'm none of that. I'm just a plain old Joe Blow size and can say things and do things better. But the Bible is open to interpretation. This is my interpretation. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. We were in the book of Esther. Now, I find the book of Esther to be exciting, and I have read the book of Esther at least maybe twice in my life, going through the Bible since I decided to um, become a Christian. And I just haven't gotten the same understanding that i have uh doing it the way that i that i chose to do it because i'm learning stuff. I'm I'm learning stuff. Um and i hope you are too. I hope i'm you know saying things in a way that's understanding to you and changing your life. With me, i'm um i'm trying <laughs> I'm trying. That's all I could do. That's all I could say is that I, I am trying. Some things I've gotten a little bit better at, and then some things it's going to take a little bit more work. You know, I'm not ashamed to say it, and neither should you. Never let anything be ashamed to tell you that um, you're you're human and you're going to try. And see, God sees that. And And know this, people. Is that he's the only one he's the only one that matters. he's the only one that matters. Have a lot of people that's religious and they tend to judge a lot of people, especially Christians, they judge a lot. they never look out look at their own self Mm-mm. but anyway, that's another thing <laughs> okay, so uh we were at the point where Esther was pretty much stepping out on faith. Last week, I went through a whole rundown of from beginning to end. Uh, This week, I'm not going to do that because I do want to finish it. And it is, even though it's almost over, it's still quite a few things that need to be said. Um, And uh, the things that we left off with is stepping out on faith. Excuse me. Some people can't step out on faith. It's the hardest thing for them to do. I know with me, I pray and I, I ask God for for something and but in order for me to to give up one thing to to uh sacrifice that one thing it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. Some people can do it with no problem and some things I can some some things that I pray for I can uh step out there with no problem. But one of the reasons why we don't step out is because uh we're afraid we're afraid of what might happen we're afraid of the the consequences of stepping out, and that's where esther is at there's a consequence on her stepping out, and that consequence could be not only that her people die that she died too. Israel is the chosen people by god they're they're chosen because they um not because they're special in any any way. Jewish people, the Jewish people were not chosen because of, they were special. The Jewish people were chosen because of the promise that God made to Abraham. He made a promise. and He has to stick to that promise. So um, one of the reasons that we can, just to give you an example of a test of faith, is uh, say you go to the doctor. Now, a couple of years ago, I went to a doctor, there was a lump found in my breast. But um, there's also a thing called systolic breast. Systolic breast is when there are little cysts in your breast anyway. Those little cysts exist, but they can also make a turn. They could be turned for the, the the worst. Not all of them will turn out the way <laughs> the, the doctors see them. So, I got this doctor in my um this lump in my breast. How scared am I? It's not a big lump, it's a little lump um, and as much as I trust or try to trust in God, I trust in him, but also there's that little shadow of non trust you know and uh so what you're thinking you can't stop your mind from thinking. your mind is going to think you're gonna not sleep at night, you think about it all the time, you're probably not going to get any rest until you know the results. Now, for me, it happened somewhat like that. I did get some rest because I pray on it. And during the time that this was happening, my, my faith was not as strong as it is now. And I'm not, I don't have super duper faith. And you don't, you you just have to have faith. You could have the faith of a mustard seed, as it says. So, um, so I was up and thinking about the worst. I couldn't rest until I got the result. I couldn't fully rest until I got the results. And I did get the results, and it was nothing. It was nothing. It wasn't, it was benign. It was nothing. But I think just that little glance, just that little taste was a test. It was a test of my faith. But see, we're only human. You can be tested in other ways. It doesn't have to be through uh, a, breast, a breast examination. It can be through something else. He doesn't want us to worry, but we do it anyway. <laughs> Talking the talk is easier than walking the walk. Uh, my mother has incredible faith. I mean, this woman has earth shaking faith. I have to give her props for that. I love her because of it. Some of the things that she that she says and does, she doesn't even worry about it. She doesn't worry about it. Some things I would just be panicking over. She'd be just as calm, it's like peace be still. But she has unshakable faith. That's one day, one day my faith is coming that way. Maybe sooner than later, hopefully. (laughs) So Esther has to walk out on faith. She has to accept that she just might die. Now, understand that when you walk out in faith, it doesn't necessarily mean that the odds are going to be in your favor. But is your faith strong enough to accept the path that God has chosen for us? Sometimes God's path uh, for us may not be and how we're willing to accept it, what we're willing to accept. Looking at my own chicken scratch writing here in my notes. Um, God passed, like, say with my breast examination. It didn't have to come out that way, even though I wanted it to come out that way. It didn't have to. God's plan would have, should have been, not should have been, thank God it wasn't, but what if it was just the opposite? What if it was just the opposite to have the love be cancerous? What if it was cancerous in its worst worst stages? You know, then how would my faith be? What would I be like? And to be honest with you, I would have fell all apart. I can't say that I'm strong enough to to handle that. I can't say that. Even at this point in my life, I can't say that if I find out some horrible thing that's happened to myself or someone in my family, that I would be able to handle it. I would pray on it, come out of it. But what if it doesn't happen that way? What what would you do? Would you stop believing in God? Would you think that he doesn't hear you? But maybe he has another plan for you. Maybe there's a reason why that is. Okay, it could also be a promotion. It could be a promotion. You didn't get it. You didn't get the promotion. You prayed on it, and you didn't get that promotion. That means that God forgot about you. No, he didn't forget about you. What about a pregnancy test? You've been praying to get pregnant, and all of a sudden you can't. Each time you fail, 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 and you're praying about it. Does that mean that God forgot about you? No. It means that there's another path. It always means that there's another path, a particular school, a college that you wanted your kid to be enrolled in. It can be something like that. There are many, many ways um, that can be effective, uh, different um, walks of faith in this world. But accepting the walk or the path that God has for you, that's the hard part accepting it. It may not be what you want it to be, but can you accept it? Okay. Um, Has God abandoned you? No, he hasn't. Okay, now God is setting the stage for this test to Esther. She knows that she can be killed from her actions, but she has no choice. You see, God is delivering his people in a way And what he's going to deliver them one way or another, either it's going to be by Esther or it's going to be by someone else. Um, because he made that promise. He made that promise to Abraham because of his covenant with Abraham, excuse me. Um, his promise didn't include for them to kill all the Jews. That is the plan that Haman has designed and has gotten the king to go along with. Um, He's gotten the king to go along with the fact that he wants to annihilate them. Why? Because someone didn't bow down to him. Someone didn't respect him. Someone didn't tremble in their path. Like I said last week, we all have or know of Hammonds. There are Hammonds in our life. Someone that expects something from you for no reason just because of them being who they are. It could be your boss. It could be your spouse. It could be your your girlfriend. It could be your uh it could be any anyone that wants to do something like that. Any uh, one that's uh, racist. I tend to look at more Hammond types as a racist because most racists feel that they are better than another person. They're never they're better than another human being simply by the color of their skin. And these are the same people that that claim to be diehard Christians. Um, but see God if he, if Esther doesn't do it, he's going to find someone else to do it. That's just it. He's going to find somebody else to do it. And when he finds someone else to do it, that doesn't mean that Esther's going to be spared. Because just by confessing, Esther is letting her king know that she's Jewish. Something, something that she hid from him. She hid this from him. So a person like that type of king will, automatically see it as he as she deceiving him. So either way, Esther really doesn't have a choice. At this point, I think she's realizing that. So here's some of the things that could happen to Esther. One, if she interrupts or interferes with the king at the wrong time, she could be put to death. Policy. Even if he welcomes her, she's going to have to confess to him that she's Jewish and convince him to reverse the law that he has instated, that he has stated. He stated a law, so she's going to have to get him to reverse a law that he put in. Now, revealing uh, revealing him is one thing. Reversing the law is another. That's not going to make him look good. And then she's going to have to reveal to him that the man who he has second in command it's horrible. He's a liar. <laughs> he's not. He's not a good person. So he's, she's gonna have to convince him of uh, of all of that, and that's not an easy task. So she has her her work cut out for her. And I was looking for. A, I know I had it. I have it in here, but it's hiding from me right now. So and it's a song about uh, fear. I was looking for it before. <laughs> Be- before the uh, um, before the show started and I don't see it so I'm going to go with my second song that's just good it's called Even If I love this song I'll be right back with you
1: They say sometimes you win some Sometimes you lose some, and right now, right now I'm losing this. Stood on. Say it. All.
2: Love that song. I can't help it. I love that every when he when he says uh, even if you don't, my hope is you alone. And, you know, I have to hold on to things like that because my my faith is not as strong as I would like it to be. So I hold on to things things like that. My faith <laughs> has collapsed in stages, and, and it just does. So now we have a king that prides himself on what people say and think of him. So, so of course, if they find out that, um, that he gave a law that was not good to kill all these people, and uh, it's not even a, a, um, over a lie, basically, it's a lie. It's a lie that his number two man in charge has said to kill all these people. It's going to make him look bad. And uh, of course, we're dealing with King Ahasuerus who prides himself on what he looked like, who prides himself on what he has in his judgment and things. So this is not going to go well for Esther. There's a couple of ways that she can lose right now. And so she's she's scared. Um, she's scared. She's scared. So um, one thing about God if if it's in a plan, because he's setting the stage for this, and if it's in his plan, it's going to work out. Not by her, by someone else. So when, if God puts you in, in, in that, Mordecai says to um, Esther that you don't know if this is the position that God has put you in. I think I'm supposed to read some scripture here, but I think Yes, here, here it is. Um, this is uh, Chapter 4, um, 13 through 16. Uh, that's what I'm looking at. And uh, so Mordecai has pretty much told told uh, Esther, sent a note back to her saying that this is what you've been put in a position for. A lot of us has been put in certain positions. That we don't realize we've been put in them not to just serve ourselves but to do God's bidding to serve other people to bless other people. It could be just like uh um say you was put in a certain position at your job you 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 prayed for this job or you prayed for this promotion, you was put in this pr- promotion and you're just so busy and so thankful you are, have more money to provide for you and provide for your family. But what if he put you in that position to bless others? What if he put you in that position that you had, you just started getting this money, and then some type of crisis happens with someone that you know, um, someone at the job, and it doesn't even have to be someone that you know. It could be something that you hear on the news, something that someone needs a blessing and you're in a position to bless them, but you completely ignore it because you just got this, and I'm looking out for me and mine. Sometimes looking out for you and and yours is not what God intended for you to do. I look at my show, and a lot of things that I do, sometimes I don't understand why I do them and why I don't charge people to do these things to put them out there, to give them this exposure. But I realized that that's not why he blessed me with it. And sometimes you're in a position, not just because of him putting you there, he put you there so you can bless something. So you can, I mean, or someone. (laughs) Uh, Because it's your destination. Um, Sometimes we should just stop and think why we're in the positions that we're in. God just didn't put us there to, to serve ourselves. There's a reason why you're there. So you need to think. Now Jew, now Esther is going to ask the Jews to fast for her. Okay, so this is what I'm going to read from. I'm going to read from um, 14 um, 13, to 13. Now Mordecai um, to 16, sorry. And Mordecai told them, Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days or nights. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. If I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. So she's like, okay, yeah, well, you just opened my eyes, <laughs> okay? <laughs> he, he said, if you don't do it, somebody else is going to do it, and you're still not going to get away. So you're still going to die. You and your 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 father's house, your family is going to die anyway. And, of course, Mordecai is a member of uh, Esther's family. Uh, he is her uncle. So uh, he's saying he, it's going to be done either way. And you're not going to get away with it. So Esther says now I have to do something because Mordecai says, who knows if you're placed for this purpose. You were put in this position for this purpose. And it applies to our life. We we're put in the positions that we are in for a purpose, to serve others, to be a blessing, to help someone else. Look around. Your purpose is right there, and you may not be seeing it. You may not see it it may not be just to serve yourself your children or your kids you know you might you know do a good deed <laughs> it 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 is so now esther has told them to fast not to eat or drink for 3 days and she's going to do the same now ladies uh, let me say this to you now <laughs> say you're going to a special occasion and uh you bought this dress, you want to be noticed uh usually now they're fasting, and they're fasting with a different type of prayer. This is a type of prayer to have God to uh intercede um so but you want something done, you're trying to accomplish a mission either it could be something as simple as uh, getting your husband attention. you fast and you don't eat your diet pretty much put it that way. You die because why? Because you want to look good in that dress. Okay. You want to look good from your head to your toe. Now I'm not saying that that's what uh, Esther purpose was, but she knew her stuff had to be right. She knew she had to have it all together. She had to have it going on in order to enter a place that she was not due to enter because she had not been summoned and this king you could not go into his his uh his palace without being summoned so she had to make him look she had to look so good that when <laughs> that when he turned around he had to take a double take <laughs> and ladies you you definitely know what I'm talking about you can identify with that i know if it's something that i bought especially if it's a dress that needs a little <laughs> a little bit tuck <laughs> or whatever. And with me, it needs a lot of talk. So I have to go for more than three days of diet and exercise, but um, that, that's especially, um, you know, that's just to put you in the frame of mind where Esther needs to be. She needs to, she needs that physical, that physical uh, contact because the King is not Jewish. So, God is working through Esther, but Esther has to be physically attracted attractive to her husband. He has to look at her and 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 just forget about anything else that's around him, um like my favorite saying is Batman says, "Stop the press okay now this is <laughs> now this is what happens now It happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robe. she stood in the inner court of the king's palace, across from the king's house, while the king sat on the royal throne in the royal house facing the entrance of the house. So it was when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court that he found favor in his sight, and the king held out, held out to Esther the golden scepter that was That was in his hand. Then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. And the king asked her, What do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half of the kingdom. All right. So she accomplished her mission. Esther knew she had to look good. She knew she had to look good. She got to go out there and physical look. So when he came in facing the interest, and he see this, this beautiful wife come to him, he he hands her the scepter. He, he Hey, you know, touch it. Because unless you touch that scepter, you're going to die. So I know that Esther Hart probably dropped because he has given her the scepter. She has her okay. Those prayers were answered because the king saw her and could, couldn't do nothing else but ask her, what do you want? It's like, baby, what you want? I give you anything, he says, even up to half my kingdom. Now she had to have it going on. Um, so that was, uh, <laughs> that was good. That part really got me because, my mind, you know, I have this wild imagination, so I imagine this, this queen all adorned, she steps out, she just glides you know, out slowly and he turns around and he has what, is this my wife? Because he hadn't seen her. He wasn't due to see her for 30 days so so who knows, maybe she had, you know ate a little bit too much sitting around and she she needed those three days and nights of fasting. Um, you know how to make a statement. Everyone knows how to make a statement. If you're going for a job interview, a good job, you want to put on your best suit or your best dress. You don't want to just throw anything on. If you're having a date with a uh, uh, with a man or you're a man having a date with a woman, you want to put on your best. You want to impress. And this is a, a physical, uh, a, a visual attraction. You know, God is in your heart, but this has to be a, a visual thing. She has to get an attention of a man who don't believe in the same God that she does and don't care about what the purpose of and don't even know she's Jewish at this point. So um, we dress to impress when we want to get noticed. We know how to get notice from things that we want, and that's what Esther did. Now, Esther is going to prepare two parties um they are going to be called wine banquets. That's what they called them. Um in our day we would call them just parties, <laughs> big parties. <laughs> so, uh she asked the king to let Hammond come to the banquet today, so she has one prepared for that day. So she had um uh, she asked him to let to let Haman come from, come for the day and uh so she's prepared the banquet so the king said to uh to bring uh told his uh his uh, slave one of his guards to bring Haman to bring Haman quickly so that we may do as Esther has said so the king and Haman went to the banquet that Esther pre- prepared for that day now during the banquet the the king he says to to Esther what is your petition Uh, what is it? It shall be granted to you up to half the kingdom. It shall be done. He says it to her again because, I mean, he's at this banquet. He's looking at her, and he's just like, he can't believe how beautiful you are. I can't believe how good you look. Again, I'm asking you, what is it you want? Okay. Um, Now, um, this is at the banquet on that day. So uh um I kinda lost my, my way, got too excited. <laughs> so so she says, Well, if it pleases the king that I have prepared for you tomorrow. And I want you to bring him in too. I want you to bring Hammond, bring him to this other banquet that I'm preparing for you tomorrow. And um and I'm gonna tell you my request then. I promise. I will let you know my request for um on tomorrow. We having another party we're gonna have another party. It's a couple of day parties. <laughs> More than one day party, okay? We got another one coming tomorrow. Bring him in too. Bring your buddy. Bring your second king. Yeah, bring him on. Bring him. So, so this is what uh, basically it from chapters uh, on, on five from four through eight. I'm just trying to move it on because I want to finish uh, the Esther uh, book of Esther today. So he she says, yeah, bring your buddy. Bring him. Bring him again tomorrow. So, and she said, I'm going to let you know. I'm going to let you know there when what my request is. Just go ahead and bring it, buddy. She's standing there looking all good, and he's just like, whatever you want, whatever you want. Now, most of us, when we want something, <laughs> we do something nice. <laughs> if your husband comes home or your your uh, wife comes home and you got some dinner prepared or you done cleaned the house, even something like, Simple like folding the laundry. A man might fold the laundry if he doesn't know how to cook. He might attempt to wash dishes or sweep the floor if he doesn't know how to cook. And doing something completely unexpected. As for a wife, you may cook a typical you know, dinner, just a typical dinner, maybe some chicken nuggets and french fries <laughs> because you're tired. But all of a sudden, he come home, you got a whole smorgasbord out there. <laughs> First thing he's going to ask is what do you want? What do you want? (laughs) You want something. You want something. It doesn't matter if you're doing something special on the job or or, um, something that's not your job that you want to ask your boss for. You're going to do something special. And the first question that the person is usually going to ask is, what is it that you want from me? I know when I do something um, particularly special and My husband will ask me what I want. So, depending on how happy you've made them, you're probably going to get what you want. Now, the Bible doesn't specify why Esther had two parties. Maybe Esther just needed, she just needed to really feel assured at this time. (laughs) But she wanted to make sure that he was having a good time before she really told him what it was that she wanted. Hammond is happy. He's happy as a lock. He's been invited to two parties at the queen's request. Um, now I'm beginning to think that Hammond at this point don't know that the queen is Jewish because he is a racist. He's a racist dog. <laughs> so, but he has his chest puffed up thinking he's the belle of the ball. He's a cast me out. He's, uh, right now he's Persian most wanted man. That's what he, <laughs> this is what he's thinking. So this is, this is what, uh. This is how Hammond is feeling. This is chapter 5. I'm starting at 9. So Hammond went out that day joyful and with a glad heart. But when Hammond saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he did not stand or tremble before him, he was filled with indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Hammond restrained himself and went home. And he sent and called for his friends and his wife, Zeresh. Zeresh. Then Hammond told him of his great riches, the multitude of children, everything in which the king had promoted him, and how he had advanced him above all officials and servants to be the king's and servants to the king. Moreover, Hammond, besides Queen Esther, invited no one, uh, he says, besides Queen Esther invited no one but me to come. In with the king to the banquet and she prepared and then she prepared and that she prepared (laughs) that she prepared and tomorrow I am again invited by her along with the king so I didn't just have today I got invited tomorrow they want me back you see I'm that good I'm that I'm awesome all this avails me nothing so as long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate Then his wife, Zeresh, and all his friends said to him, let a gallows be made, 50 cubits high. And in the morning, suggest to the king that Mordecai be hanged on it. Then go merrily with the king to the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman, so he had the gallows made. Now he's going to have these gallows. Put them up. Put them up fast. 50 cubits high. I'm getting ready to get rid of this Jew. I'm getting ready to get rid of Mordecai. I'm getting ready to get rid of this Jew. Let's just do that. Now, that reminds me of um, during the segregation. Yes, how they hung my people. How they hung us because of the color of our skin. No other reason but the color of our skin. So, um, So now in Persia, In Persia, hanging wasn't the same as, you know, we look at it today. This is how they hung people in Persia. The execution, it wasn't done with the rope around the the neck. What they did was they would pierce the person's body on the shape of a sharpened pole. So imagine a pencil that's been sharpened. You ever put your pencil in one of those electric pencil sharpener and it makes it so the, the the tip is so clean and so precise at the tip. That's how they did their poles uh, in Persia. They They didn't do no hanging up the rope and that. They just, they made a piercing pole and they stuck you to that pole. So you hung there. You was on public display. Uh, they call it impaling the body to be displayed for a uh, public view, so the body was pierced on a wooden pole um, Now that's pretty vicious that's not your normal hanging that's not normal that's not normal that's what you call hanging that's <laughs> that's not a good thing um now, this is what Hammond expects to do with to Mordecai. So him and his family and his counsels are getting a big kick out of this. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. Um, now, it's like people that they hate you for no reason at all. Just, to, you know, People that hate you because you won't show them that respect, because you won't bow down to them, because you won't show them homage in some way that they did not even disturb, deserve. Excuse me, But these are sad people. These are sad and lonely people, especially when you go and you hate a particular race, when you're trying to get rid of someone just because you don't like them. Be careful. Be careful who you wish harm to. And all those so-called Christians out there, I don't see anything in the Bible. Anything, and I've read the Bible twice, and there are people that's read it a lot more times than I have. I don't see anything where God was racist. I don't see nothing in that Bible about racist. Now, I do remember in uh, the, um, I think it's Numbers, or <laughs> where uh, Miriam was a uh, racist, uh, her, and, and she made them, and God made them leopards because Moses had married her a black him a black woman.
0: <laughs> yes.
2: I don't see the you Christian people, these Christian Bible thumpers. I don't see it. I don't see it. Um so um okay, so that night the king couldn't sleep. He tossed, he turns. So he commanded his servant to bring the book of records, the book of chronicles. It was read before the king and he found that Mordecai had told about the plot against his life by the two eunuchs in the beginning, Bigtha and Teresh. Um they were the two of the king's doorkeepers and uh when I was when Esther first got in there and uh Mordecai got wind of it and he told about it and they were executed. But uh he didn't uh he didn't get any position for for doing this. He just got his his name written in the Chronicles. And he was so happy about that. He was so happy about that. Sometimes it just takes the little things to make you, make a person happy. So that's what uh, Mordecai was happy about. So now the king, he, he can't sleep, so he wants to uh, look at the book of Chronicles. The king can't sleep because God doesn't want him to sleep right now. See, God is setting stage up. That's my man. He come. He set things up. You don't even know why you can't sleep. But he, he said, "Okay, Mordecai is getting ready to get his blessing." You know, so he's always setting the stage up for our lives. You don't know why he things are happening or put in certain places. Just like in today's society, we don't understand what Trump is doing, but there's a reason there's a reason for everything. I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm against every negative thing he has said about people. And that doesn't matter for what race. But there's certain things that are set in place for a reason. And that's the thing that we need to understand. God is in control. He is always in control. He created all of this. He's pulling the string there. We may not see it, but he is this is what he's doing. Um so the king once he hears about what uh what Mordecai did, he says, uh, I gave, I didn't give him no reward for this. He did this for me, and I, I didn't do anything for him, but write his book, his name down in the Book of Chronicles. And Mordecai was happy with that. He was in the Book of Chronicles. His name is going down with the book. So he says, I want to do something more for Mordecai. Um, at this time, he does not know the relationship between uh, Mordecai and uh but he, he he saw this good deed put in there that it went unseen by him or unacknowledged by him. So now he's ready to acknowledge. It's like someone giving you that reward. You know, you got the lazy person at work that don't do nothing and you're doing all the work. All of a sudden you get a raise or you get something, some type of acknowledgement. This is what's going on, get ready to happen to uh, Mordecai. So sometimes all of your hard work and, and, and the things that you do, are are not unrecognized. You just have to be patient and wait till that time come. Wait on God. Wait for him to move. Because, see, when he blesses, he don't bless a little bit. He blesses plentiful. Make you want to shout. Stand in your seat. <laughs> Stand up and start jumping because you can't believe how goodness, the goodness of the Lord. So sometimes your, your, your goodness is going to be paid off. So, so uh, this is what happens. Uh, you know, sometimes you may just get a little raise. That was Mordecai. Mordecai, Mordecai got a ten cents raise. His name wrote in the book. You could be the ten cent person. Did you get a dime for a raise? Where the person, the lazy person, got twenty five cents, and you got that dime, and you happy? <laughs> you happy? You're pink check has increased by $25 a week and you are happy. We're the one who don't do anything and got more of a raise. The 25 cent raise over there complaining that's all I get is 25 cent. All I do for this company and they lazy, they ain't doing their work. (laughs) But you're happy for every little bit. That's what God wants to see. That's what God wants to see. He wants to see that so he will reward you. So the king so he says I'm going to something for Mordecai so he sees uh, Hammond in the court coming towards the king now now Hammond is coming to tell the king about this fantastic idea to uh, make these gallows these gallows to hang Mordecai on them okay because the decree is already out to kill the Jews so Mordecai is his number one Jew so let's I'm going to go in there now I know the king is happy with me because I've just been invited to two banquets so I, I can go in there and tell the king that. My wife and my council came up with this idea. It's a beautiful thing. So he's going towards the king to tell him about uh, building, about the, the uh, gallows that he's having built for Mordecai. And uh king, but the king asked him, what should be done about a man who delights him? Now I'm going to chapter 6, verses 7 through 11. I'm trying to finish today. Gosh, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but let's go ahead. Uh, so, 7 through 11. Here's Here's 7. So, the king wants to know what shall be done for the man whom the king delights to honor. So, of course, Mordecai, uh, I mean, excuse me, Hammond think this is him. He's like, oh, wow, the king is going to reward me, so this is what I want for a reward. So, Hammond answered the king, for the man whom the king delights to honor. Let a royal robe be brought, which the king has worn, and a horse on which the king has ridden, which has a royal crest placed on its head. Then let the robe and the horse be delivered to the hand of the one of the king's most noble princes that he may array the man whom the king delights to honor. Then parade him on a horseback through the city square and proclaim before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Then the king said to Hammond, hurry, take the robe. The king is like, this is a great idea. Perfect. Hammond. Hurry, take the robe and the horse that you have suggested (laughs) and do so for Mordecai, the Jew, who sits within the king's gate. Leave nothing undone, all that you have spoken. (laughs) So Haman took the robe and the horse, arrayed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city square and proclaimed before him, thus shall it be done. To the man whom the king delights to honor, <laughs> yes, so mordecai <laughs> not only did he come up with this suggest this uh suggestions for her for himself he uh he uh the this whole fancy thing because see if if it was someone else, he wouldn't have said all this fancy stuff he wouldn't have said that he wouldn't have said do this, that and the other no, that's not Hammond's style. He said it because he thinks that he is the one that the king delights in. So now he finds out that he has to parade Mordecai around and he has to do it. He had the king commanded him to do all that he has suggested. So he has to do it. So now Haman is boo-hooing. Then we go to 13. Um when Haman told his wife Zeresh and all his friends everything that had happened to him, his wise man and his wife Jareth says to him, If Mordecai before whom you have begun if excuse me, if Mordecai before whom you have begun to fall is of Jewish descendant, you are not you will not prevail against him, but you will surely fall before them. Now while they're talking, the king's eunuchs come in to Uh, pick up Hammond and escort him to the party to the next banquet that Esther was having so this happens while he's in there boohooing because you know he just had to parade Mordecai around with the the king's horse and the crescent on his head and all this stuff that he had suggested that he wanted for himself he gotta give it to Mordecai he got to give it to the Jew, as the king has said. He's not happy with this. He ain't happy with this at all. So his wife is, his wife and counselors are saying, "Hey, you know what? This is a sign. This is a sign." Because uh, he's crying. He's he's embarrassed. Um, now it's time for him to go to the banquet. Now after all of this has happened, all of this has happened to him. <laughs> Something ain't right. Uh, Hammond is too vain to see, but something ain't right. Um, I wouldn't go to that party. (laughs) If all of this was going on with me and I had to do all this, something is going on. Something is cooking. Something is cooking in the atmosphere. (laughs) Something beyond Hammond's control. It's God. God. He's setting the stage. He's making this whole thing. He, you know, he, he, uh, you know, uh, flashes uh, Mordecai. Mordecai, not, not flashes, but you know what I mean. He shows off Mordecai. He parades Mordecai around. And and Haman, he's he's not understanding this. But the, hey, it's time to go to the party. We we're gonna come and escort. He just heard from his wife and his counselor saying that that's a sign uh, that you're gonna fall. If he is of Jewish descent, you are going to fall. And he knew that he was of Jewish descent. So now there's a knock at the door. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> hey, come on, it's time to go to the party. Go to the second party. I wouldn't go. I would go. I'm so, you know, I got a headache. I can't, I can't make this party because uh, I'm just not feeling good about this whole thing. But Mordecai does it. He doesn't. And unfortunately, we ran out of time. I don't have the time to finish. And I kind of figured I wouldn't, but I thought I'd try to squeeze it in anyway. But this is just too good. I mean, stuff like this, you can't... Uh, this is like uh loving hip-hop. This is the house drama. Only thing with theirs is that God ain't blessing that. That mess. I, I, just, I don't watch those shows. I think that what we're doing as a people is giving these people more money. They they sit up there, they look artificial. They I mean oh my God, I, I couldn't even imagine what they look like without the makeup. And so but this is this is drama. This is real life drama. This is drama that happens in biblical time. These are things that actually happen in our time. This is God that actually was blessing. This is before Jesus Christ came. So imagine how we're gonna party when Jesus come. Because see God, he, he He's doing all this, but He don't play. You don't play with God. He will take you out. He will take you out. We needed a go between. <laughs> we and Jesus is our go between. He is He is the one for us. Um we're going to have to finish next Wednesday, guys. I'm so sorry. Uh, but we will finish next, next Wednesday. Because when I was reading the rest of the chapter out, I said, okay, this is just too much. I can't skip over all of this. I can't just end it like that. I, I can't. I can't do that to you guys, and I can't do it to myself. Because I'm just uh, I'm so stoked because of the comparison and what goes on in our lives today. <laughs> the world repeats itself, round and around. Here we go. So I'm gonna play this last song. I'm gonna uh, play Torn Torn Wells. When we pray, when we pray, and that's going to pretty much do it for me. But let me say to you, I thank you so much for listening to me. I thank you so much. I mean, when I when I started doing this. I was very nervous about doing this. I will tell you that honestly and I still am. I have to pray and ask God to give me the next thing to talk about. Um I, I tend to stick more with the little the little uh stories. I did Joe, but I tend to stick more with the smaller stories in the the Bible because those are the little ones that I tend to uh forget. Like the big, long stories, I remember them. But the little stories, I tend to forget them. And those are very important. So that's probably what I'm going to be sticking with. And still in the Old Testament. Thank you. Have a blessed day. And thank you for listening. And tell someone. And send me a comment. Let me know if I'm doing well. I mean, it, I, I, I feel I'm doing well because God has blessed me with this. But i also like to hear from you, too. So here's uh, Torn Wells. Has, have a good week. And a good day. I love you. God bless you. And goodbye. I'm leaving here with Torrin.
0: People hurting, people broken, beating down and feeling hopeless. Wonder if it's gonna always be this way. We will speak up for the captive, show some love and heal our past. Find the wounds we think will never go away. But what if we? pride as a generation stepping out of pay because we will be